Welcome back to the Clocked Out, Clocked Out. Clocked Out Podcast. Welcome back to the Clocked Out Podcast with Paulo Montero. It's like yeah. a rabbit hole. I could talk to anybody about this all day. I mean, we have so much to talk about. We're the first ones to judge us and the last ones to love us. That was a product of this whiskey. Cheers. 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 Welcome back to the Clocked Out Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Eddie. What's up, man? Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. It's been a minute. So what are we drinking? Oh, uh, we are drinking um, my first annual uh, Chianti wine that I made at home. Chianti, don't say. Yeah. I wanted to brush off my uh, my lector. <clears throat> yeah, a uh, Italian wine made by a pork chop. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> Lovely to see you. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. <laughs> there it is. That's why we all came. All right, it's a wrap. <laughs> see you guys. Pack it up. Yeah. So how you been, man? It's been a while. Really good. Yeah. Really busy, which in my opinion is good. Yeah, it's always good when you're busy, right? Like yeah. I think uh, that's like um, hmm. There was a saying I complete. It just completely flew over my head, but it, that's a good problem to have. You yeah, know? it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I don't. I don't get bored often, mm. um, which is great. <laughs> as I mean, as like a person that's involved in the community, uh, involved in art, involved in a lot of things, uh, you don't want to be complacent. You yeah. don't want to be bored. You don't want to yeah run out of things to do. You want to keep going keep busy if i if i can you know like it's a it makes me feel good because you know if you want if you want proof that uh new london's uh, art scene is thriving Mm. i feel like look at my schedule (laughs) you know what i mean like seriously because i i try to like get my hands in everything i try to be around and see everything and you know hear about stuff going on and it's like there's plenty for me to do. I can't keep up with, with the scene. You right. know what I mean? There's right. enough happening that I got to kind of stay in my lane or lanes, to mm. be quite fair, and, you know, focus. And it's been it's been fun. Yeah. It is fun, yeah. Um, I I just, I mean, we, we are notorious for um, talking and rambling on to, like, we'll start, like, here and end up way yeah. over there. Care Bears. Right. Care um, Bears or Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you had specific things that you wanted to talk about today, right? Yeah. Well, we were, we were uh, kind of in kind of our pre, in kind of our pre uh, podcast, you know, uh, green room, you know, in the green room, we were talking about what we'd go over. And it's like, if I'm going to say what I've been up to, it, the whole conversation is going to be about art. Everything I could bring up let's about what I've been up to is, is going to be infused with So art. let's dive right into it then. What have you been up to? Well, I think I'd start immediately with uh, Spark Makerspace. What's Spark, that? Spark Makerspace is um, it's a community hub, right, where people can get together and, you know, get together. But also it's for creating. It's for makers. It's called a makerspace because uh, it isn't just a great big open room where people can come and do crafts. Mm. I mean, there's stations. You know, they have woodwork. Uh, stained glass, things like that. Uh, fiber arts, which is sewing, which is something I'm trying to get myself more into because, again, hate to be bored. Right. Um, but uh, it's it's a great thing for a community to have because, you know, you have access to everything they have in there if you're a member. But if you're not, they still have things that are open to the community. And so um, they just moved into a new location on 7 Union Street in New London. And there's an open house coming. So 
you know, I'm, I'm on the board of Spark Makerspace, and everybody in the organization is kind of really thinking about the grand opening coming because they have the new location. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's right around the corner. And um, are you... Are you involved with anything um, with the uh, New London talent show that's going to be happening? So I'm not, but one of my peers, right, my 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 uh, partner in crime now, uh, is Curtis Goodwin, and he's uh, doing so much to, to to head up the the organization uh, and Frank Grimes as well. I heard it's the last one though. This is the last hurrah. Why? It's such a good thing. So you're going to have to get Curtis on your podcast, and he'll be mm. able to tell you. I'm not really sure. But, um, no, it's still fun. You know, it's been a really good run. It's something like many things that uh, suffered because of COVID. Right. I mean, it's, it's crowd-driven. You know, right. it's community-driven, the, the talent show is, the New London talent show is. And, uh, you know, bringing it back... Um, at least we got to bring it back. So many things kind of trickled off, you know, because of the, the pandemic. And it's exciting when they come back. So, you know, it's bittersweet. It's the definition of bittersweet because we want to see it always. Right. But at least we got it Who back. Knows, maybe, it started maybe, to look like it was gone. Yeah, maybe know? something in the future, you know, maybe they'll they'll have something in the future. Someone will bring it back. Hopefully when things, like, really get back to normal, we could bring it back or something. Because uh, it's definitely a way for, you know, people in this area to show what they got. You yeah. Know? And I'm all for that. I uh, I regret that I can't think of the exact date that it's coming up uh, for the talent show. But I would highly recommend, you know, looking up the, the New London Talent Show. Uh, there's lots about it on social media. And, uh, you know, my favorite part about the talent show, the performances obviously are, the, you know, that's the that's the the bread and butter, but right bread there. and butter, right there. That takes center stage. But for someone like me, my favorite part about it is what happens for the participants in the talent show after, mm. and they are very big at going back and bringing in their alum for things. So your involvement in the talent show is usually not a one-off if you don't want it to be. You can come back and help out. You can come back and do events and engage with the community on behalf of the talent show. It seems like so. Um, it offered a lot beyond just a. A performance it was that a we could it all was a, go see. It was see. a community. Yeah, it, it was. was a community those... of artists and and people organizing artists. <laughs> it was. It was. It was among other things designed to help grow the community. It certainly was, and give a sense of belonging to artists as well. The reason, the other reason I love the talent show is because uh, it isn't focused on, say, sculpture or visual art. You know, we we have that in spades here in New London, but it, it's nice that there's a forum for performing artists because mm. they're you know there they contribute so much too well um yeah i think that the area has a lot to offer um like one thing that you know you if if anybody wants to scroll back and hear my like early episodes of me first living in Groton, um this area is blessed with so much talent and so much mm -hmm. so much people that are willing to go after it and get it um on a daily basis the competition is is uh, very, very strong out here for anything. Um, photographers, videographers, just creatives in general. Um, those are who I relate to, but I'm sure like even with music, uh, live music yeah. you know, out here is great too. Uh, the scene for artists out here is like no other. Yeah. You know, on a lower scale, it's not like Nashville where you go there to be yeah. a country singer. No, like well, there's it's... nothing. There's nothing wrong with regional. Everybody yeah. can't be Michael Jackson, right? You know what I'm saying? There's right. nothing wrong with regional, and um, that's that's an important point because, you know, although it's nice to be paid for your work, and some folks are looking to make this their living, you know, whether it's a visual artist or a performing artist, musician, what have you, 
um, they're still doing it because they love it as well. Mm. And so the folks that don't make it up to the, you know, to, <laughs> to be on Q105, et cetera, you know, that's okay. They like what they're doing. And so right. that's, that's, that's as important as the economic side of it, no matter if it's individual or for the community. What yeah. they're doing and why they're doing it right. needs to always be remembered. Yeah. Um, and one thing, too, um, you know, like a lot of people, they just they live their life to, um, you know, like they, they go to their everyday job. They they do what they got to do um, just to make ends meet while doing what they love on the side in the background, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people, you know, they struggle to keep the they struggle to keep that that like motivation when you have to balance both you yeah. know and, and so hopefully people will uh keep doing that no matter what the outcome is right like i'm still doing my podcast i didn't sign no big deal or anything like that yet but yeah. um the key word is yet you know yeah, like yeah. you have to have as an artist as a creative you have to have that mindset that this is eventually going somewhere if yeah. you wanted to if you yeah. just do it for the pleasure, then do it for the pleasure, you yeah. know? Yeah, the the phrase, too, is labor of love. Right. When, until you get to that yet, it's a labor of love. I like that phrase. If some people stop there, they they actually enjoy that it's a labor of love. Right. It, you know, it's it's a it's a great big wide spectrum well, when see, it comes that was to photography. different types of artists. That was photography yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah, photography you know for me because, you know because I enjoyed taking creative, like, actually putting thought behind my photos like the angles the lighting like every little detail what i did not like was um working with people <laughs> and doing <laughs> weddings and doing <laughs> gigs like you know like that like i i genuinely um just cared for like just me and my camera yeah. like in our own element yeah. like capturing a moment that can't ever be captured again you yeah. know what i mean that to me was was what I loved about it. Once I started getting into, you know, trying to make money off of it, trying to make a career off of it, it didn't. It was not pleasurable for yeah. me. It, like, I I just lost it. I did not like it at all. So like, when it's funny because I I went to school in Philadelphia. I went to the Art Institute of Philadelphia. Studied graphic design and advertising, and I I was so sure. Like I I didn't really want to do sales, but I I felt like I was good at communicating. And I, I, I'm an artist, and so I felt like, oh, if I mash those two up, that's advertising. That's that's graphic design, so that's right. where I need to go. And I don't regret that because I really love graphic design. In fact, I do it every day, mm. either freelance or for my day job. Um, and I do love it. But with going to, with going to college, I learned very early. Uh, so anything I've done since college that's graphic design related is in spite of this lesson I learned in college, which was, man, do I hate deadlines? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because very specifically, I'm not saying, oh, I'd rather do nothing and deadlines mean I have to work. That is not what I'm saying. When I'm uh, commissioned to do something freelance or at work, I I'm being asked to be creative. And that's not really something you can rush. If, no. you, if you can help it, please don't rush that process. Right. Let it play out. And so very early on in college, doing these assignments for this teacher, uh, and I had the due date for the homework, I, it was like immediate. I'm like, this, this is what it will feel like to do this for work. Instead sure. of the teacher, it's a client. And instead of, you know, your homework's due on Tuesday, that's the deadline. Mm. 
So immediately I got this, I got familiar with the feeling of like having the project given to me and excited to work on it. And then I go home and like, this is where I want to create, but like, oh, I got to do it by this time. So I, I learned right away yeah. that that wasn't really something I loved. And so somehow I've been able to do graphic design work in spite well, of that, like hating that part of it. Great things, you know, across the board, whether it's music, um, painting, like art, like needs time, yeah. you know, and there's been so many times where I go back to the same spot for sunset and try to capture that same image and that same angle and I can't get it. And, um, like, you know, it, t it takes time for everything. If you want something to be flawless, right. In your eyes, mm -hmm. um, because what really is flawless, you know, right. um, but it's, it's uh, open to interpretation like right. beauty whatever else if you want it to be flawless you have to put the time into it that you can't just be like yeah make flawless in five minutes like yeah. how like how and then when you factor in i mean and that's just creating you know like so take a, a painter uh is tasked with uh making a portrait yeah. so okay i got the commission here's who i have to paint need it by this time and a lot of times it's like paint paint this this is a picture. I want you to make it a painting. So you, you're copying, you know, so that takes a very specific set of skills and a, and a, a high level of skills, but um, it's a specific task. Right. Uh, with graphic design, you are also factoring in language. I mean, so there's plenty, there's plenty that can bog you down there because on top of trying to be creative and worrying about composition and colors and weight of lines and all of this stuff that comes with it, messaging. What someone's gonna maybe even not even notice what I've done graphic wise, oh, yeah. but but read the message, and is that effective? That's a different set of that's a different mind frame, right? And you got to do both. Before we continue, I just want to give a special shout out to the sponsors of the show, M and S Mechanical by my friend Anthony Merritt. I don't know if you guys are cold or not, but this winter has been very chilly for me. And if you need some heat, I know a guy. His name is Anthony Merritt. Uh, he is a great heat and ac worker i've been to school with him we went to a tech school he is probably one of the best workers i know he does everything from ductwork install and fabrication ac and heat installs heat pump installs commercial install replacement and annual services and not only that if you mention the clocked out podcast you will receive a 10 percent off of your services so if you need him reach out to him at 203 841-8385 or on Instagram at msmechanical1. Yeah. Um, yeah. Graphic design, I mean, especially for like marketing purposes, you have to like put subliminal like messages in there that unlock a certain thing in your mm -hmm. brain that uh, gravitates you to that, right? And and this that's a fun point too, to be clear, because there's like a negative connotation to the phrase subliminal message. But you use a certain font when you're using when you're when you're making a graphic for school grade school education um, yeah. elementary kindergarten that there's like fonts you immediately think of no matter who you are and those are the fonts you're supposed to use times new roman times new roman <laughs> never forget it times new roman uh and then like you know there's all types of other reasons to come up with other fonts for other subjects uh so it, it's not just uh evil messaging it's it's about telling a story and helping the person who's reading the ad or looking at the ad relate to the subject 
without beating him over the head with it and without explaining it to him. Right. So usually the color green like a chalkboard is used in ed- educational content because it puts you there. Well, there is also negative connotation for a reason, you know, with that. Oh, yeah. With subliminal Oh, or messages. like color. It, it, it's so, it's as basic as make sure you've got some red and green in there if you're doing a Christmas graphic. That's oh, subliminal. For sure. for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, the ad, does, the do ad doesn't say we use red and green because it's Christmas. Wasn't yeah. that wise? You, you just do it. You yeah, know, it's, it's subliminal. Natural, yeah. yeah, but that's a little bit more overt. But it, that's an example of it. Right. So it's all those things competing. The exact message right down to the comma sometimes. How is this going to be read? And then, you know, everything else. How are they it. going to understand this? And then what are they go? What is this message going to make them do? You know, is it going to gravitate them towards your product, towards your art, towards your whatever? Or is it going to push them away? Like these are things that, you know, especially graphic designers, they have to really narrow down, like even to the finer details of, of what they're designing yeah. and the impact behind it. And for something like uh, for messaging, like I can draw a direct connection from advertising to politics, politics from an advertiser, a graphic designer to a politician, which I have been both. Mm-hmm. And that's not a coincidence. I, I thought long and hard about this, and I really think that people who come from that world, uh, if they want to dive into politics, which comes with a lot, yeah, uh, they're going to be good at one thing, and it's messaging. Because think about Coca-Cola and think about a presidential candidate. There's something that those entities have in common, and it's that they need to come up with a message that literally appeals to everyone. And although for various reasons, it doesn't always, I assure you they are trying to craft a message that they're hoping literally everyone will be like, yeah. So that's why Coca-Cola has a hundred different ad campaigns because they're selling that same product, but they want to appeal to everyone. So they've been able to have various ad campaigns, but that's all part of them trying to have a message that every appeals target. to everyone. Every target a presidential market. candidate, yeah. right? He's at the fair eating the corn dog, right? But then he's also, you know, dressed very nicely, uh, talking to people from Wall Street, so they know he knows what's going on. And, and so it's it's you all have to the be same. Appealing to every target market, and what, especially in that in in those fields. And it's a fun challenge. What yeah. a lofty goal to try to come up with a sentence that will be appreciated by everyone who reads it. It's a fun challenge. That's why I love graphic a design sentence. and advertising. Wow. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. If you're making a billboard, you, you it's not even a sentence. If you're making a billboard, you have 7 seconds to get to get it across. Hmm. No one's reading a paragraph on the highway at 65 miles an hour. No way. You got to make it bold like, and short. Maybe maybe 5 words. Yeah. And so think Big about bold. that. Yeah. I need to make something that's that everyone can read in seven seconds and appreciate that's a fun challenge it's not crazy that's to crazy. me i think it's a fun that's challenge. crazy yeah that's crazy yeah and people do this for a living they do it for a living i couldn't <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't that's like that should be a board game like it's something you play with your family <laughs> like but it is or like a stand-up comedian like try to sell bananas on the highway now like, what? <laughs> a stand-up comedian is trying to tell jokes that well, the whole room will laugh at but everyone's from a different experience right mm. But at least he had time to craft it. What right. you're describing is like stand up and like appeal to everyone. Maybe do it with a joke. It's like, you know, stand up comedians, man. They they are so, they are a different breed. Yeah. How do you? Okay, first of all, how do you get up in front of people and 
you say some controversial shit. Let's just be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. You say some controversial shit. Yeah. Um, and you have to hope and pray that they find it funny. If yeah. not, you're gonna awkwardly just stand there in crickets. Which, by the way, when I went, I went to, I went to Austin, Texas, and yeah. I saw Joe Rogan. Right. Nice. But before that, he he had like a you know like three people before him. Uh, Tony Hinchcliffe was one of them. There's this other like funny one, and then like this one guy. Uh, I think he was having a mental breakdown on stage, and dude, it's just crickets. Wow. And he was joking about how bad he sucked, and it was just even uh, more crickets. Like, too he, meta. Yeah. No, it was just so cringy, and I was like, I really hope the show gets better. Which Tony Hinchcliffe and Joe Rogan killed it. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But that's besides the point. Like, it takes a true comedian yeah. to get up there, say what you gotta say. And say it in a way that gets the whole fucking room to laugh. Yeah. Like 70 people. And it's funny to break down. So what, what, I mean, it doesn't start with funny. You could no. be funny, but only in front of your friends. But I think Sorry, also... you can't be a stand-up comedian. Me? No, oh, I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. Oh, there goes my backup. Damn. Because <laughs> I was going to announce I'm going to do stand-up tonight. Yeah. No, I'm saying uh, sorry to the person who, like, is thinking about it but is really not good at public speaking or or, or good, good with crowds i mean like that that's inherent in it now of course you can work at it but i'm saying like yeah well i just it, got you won't take to it as well i as you just think. got good at public speaking like public uh, speaking to me was like the most difficult thing yeah um alcohol definitely helps with that by the way which yeah. most comedians they a little they, liquid courage yeah, exactly but yeah. it takes a certain kind of someone to get up there man and I, i've seen I've seen most people succeed, right? Yeah. But but when I saw that guy fail, I was it was like I felt pain. I was like, "Yo, I feel so bad for this guy right now." Yeah. Like that hurt me just because I know like he he definitely had to put some time into his craft, especially if Joe Rogan is bringing him on stage. Yeah. Um but I think he just he bombed that night. I don't. Wow. Yeah, it was so weird. It was so weird. I'll never forget his face, man. That that he was like a he had ginger hair and just round dude, but like he was sweating a lot and he just I I don't know maybe like a mental breakdown just yeah. lost it and um yeah you know you never know it and bad. it's 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 a different kind of pressure too. I mean it's it's a craft. Uh, like you like you said and it's uh something you work at and practice and you, it's totally creative yeah um but at the same time there's that that last most important piece can you do all this in front of people oh add a add another element to it you are timed so you yeah. only have because you know the big shots they could you know if they want to oh, go a little longer they're they gonna go riff longer. They, yeah. whatever they want to do but if you're like opening for someone you get 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. Whatever uh, time probably you get, not an that's hour, what but you get. 30 yeah. minutes, you know. Um, and so, like, they were literally kicking him off the stage because he ran out of time. and he Like the venue? Yeah. They were like, come on, guy. No, well, I think, I think Rogan's team because it's like, all right, dude, like. Oh, wait, yeah. no, no, no. He ran out of material because he was having a mental breakdown. And then Tony Hinchcliffe had to come on earlier than expected oh. so it was like the other way around where it's like tony hinchcliffe and the big shots weren't ready and now you're rushing them to get on stage yeah. you know what i mean because you're bombing so bad 
and um, yeah, what kept, a weird scenario. They're like, come much, save the show. They're pretty, like, I am no, no, the show. The guy, the, what do comedi- you mean? The, the comedian on the microphone was like, yeah, I'm pretty much all done, and I'm just standing here. I don't. It was so awkward. Like I, I, I had to order a whole other drink just for that, just <laughs> wow. to deal with that. Like I felt, what a shame. I felt so bad for the guy because yeah, I knew yeah. like his his career as far as working with Rogan was over. As far as working with, with Rogan is over, and then like even without Rogan trying. People are going to hear about that guy who bombed when they opened for Rogan. You, like, you, YouTube bad. will take care of it. Bombed bad. Don't worry. Everyone's yeah. going to know this happened. Well, YouTube won't. YouTube won't take care of it because um, comedy shows now you have to put your phone in like a lock bag. Like you, oh, you yeah. take your phone with you, but you have to put it in like a, a bag that you lock it. So, which I snuck not at all in. of them. I snuck or maybe mine you in. know what? Maybe this is a casino thing because very. Uh, no, it's, the, it's the, well. The end of last year, we saw. Uh, Chelsea Handler, yeah. and uh, we just had our phone. It's a venue thing, though. You know what it's I think a, it was? Is our seats thing. were so far away. They're like, "There's no way you could, <laughs> there's no there's way no, you could capture anything." No, but, no, but people take don't, your phones out. <laughs> no, but people don't want you to um, record the content. Yeah, no, because no. It, before their special comes out. So pretty much when people go on Maybe tour, that's what it is. Yeah, when people go on tour, they don't want you to get release the jokes before the jokes are released. Yeah, and I, the tour is their is. practice, you know, for the special. And that then at the sense. end of the tour, they do their special when it's all fine-tuned and everything. That's why I was so pissed that I spent so much money on Dave Chappelle because he bombed. Yeah. He bombed. Like, he, oh, he really? was horrible, bro. Right. Like, wow. horrible. And then I find I, – I, I watch his latest special, and I'm like, yo, these are the same jokes, but the way he says it is completely different. Like, he, like, he completely bombed for us, but, like, for the special, it's awesome. That's and, so strange. And the thing was was that he was doing – Friday, Saturday, no, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, two shows a night. So we were the second show oh. on Saturday. Dude, this dude, he was drunk. He was smoking. He was high as fuck. Like, he yeah. was just, just the energy wasn't there that you need as a comedian. So there's different elements that you have to bring to the table that, like, you're talking about timing. You're yeah. talking about um, getting the whole room to laugh. And in this case, well, atten- the whole casino to laugh. man. It's a live crowd, period. So mm-hmm. he can get things wrong, and that's the thing is, if he's on his game, he he can have the loudest heckler, yeah. and, and he can handle it. Right. So who knows what's going to be thrown but at him? The crowd is, is a variable, and if he's not on his game, I mean, he's right. asking for it. Well, the problem Even is, Dave is that Chappelle. when you go when you go to like a store, or when you go to I don't know any business, and you get horrible customer service, are you ever going to go to that store again? Probably not, right? It's a, unless, it's, it's a long shot. Right, unless they really try to make up for it. Dave Chappelle's really not going to try to make up for it. And to be honest with you, I really don't ever want to spend money to see him again. Yeah. And, and, and this whole conversation about him being the GOAT, calm down. Like, he's not. Well, like, that's the thing is, I was just going to say, it, it's it's probably a contributing factor to his thinking that maybe I don't have to try as hard this time. Right. And so... That issue, like you, you okay? So you just described two scenarios where stand-up comedians bombed, mm-hmm. but they are as far apart on that spectrum as as two comedians can be. Mm. This amateur who's not very good, and Dave Chappelle, who everyone knows and reveres as a good comedian, and so if he can bomb and he can bomb, it's going to be for two different reasons. You laid right. out why 
uh, the gentleman with the red hair bombed. <laughs> but Dave Chappelle, I mean, that's a different set oh, of he circumstances. Was wa- I could tell he, he was just wasted. didn't care. No, he was wasted. Yeah. Or he the, already you know, did a show before we, us. He didn't care first, then he got wasted, and yeah. now you dealt oh, with yeah. that problem. Yes. So, yeah. but, but, but like, I, you know, like those businesses, right? Dave Chappelle's not going to try to make it up to me. He's too big to fail. Right. So I spent $175, me and my friends, mm. to see, like, literally, like, a shit show. Yeah. Like, I never had a worse time in my life going That's Like, it was that bad to the point where, like, I'm terrified of seeing stand-up comedy for big bucks because I don't want to waste my money. Yeah, if somebody can scare you off of it, I mean, he's definitely the person with the ability right. to do it. If he if he turns you off to comedy, who's going to bring you back in? Right, and the whole thing is about him being the greatest of all time, like... If someone has to say it, you're not. Like, like no one really says I'm the greatest of all time and is the greatest of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you never hear Tom Brady talking like that. You you rarely hear Michael Jordan talking like that. Like everyone else is like, doing. Like, it for chill him. the fuck out, dude. And oh, also- I, oh, oh, I, I think you readjusted. No, okay, I think we're good. Are you in focus? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But- no, it's a, it's a, it's a. That makes Richard sense. Richard Pryor. Is the greatest of all time. It's also, Let's just get that right out the, yeah, he's, out the way. Well, and then also, that's it's, that's how I think of things, too. And it's probably, it's a ridiculous standard. This is how I am with music, too. If there's an artist or a song, and there's a definitive influence to it, almost to the point that you can hear it in the song or the artist, right. I just want to hear the other artist that, that influenced them. I mean, that's that's just my personal, that's just my personal preference. Like, when I know that something is derivative of something else i'd rather go hear that and and that's just my own standard i'm not saying anyone has to follow that um but with someone like dave chappelle man like he he's done so much and there's a psychology to everything and i wish that he maybe in that evening would have appreciated the psychology between the performer and the audience not as a performer and an audience member. Mm. Like, what's this dude doing over here? Hey, what's this guy doing oh, over I here? Went on, I went on he's Twitter. standing on stage and telling a joke. What's this dude doing over here? Oh, he's sitting down and watching a show. I went on That's... Twitter and, and people were saying like how bad it was. It oh yeah, well, it sounds objectively bad. Like right. I, I don't think like ah, I think I thought he was drunk, but no one else saw it. Like right. he probably was messed up. It but turned I'm... into a, like a like like it was re- like he wanted to make jokes about it, but didn't like. He got really sentimental about it. It was uh, like a lot of like, um, like political like injustices, like that topic. Which, you know, that's cool, one hundred percent. Like that, you back that up, one hundred percent. But we are here to kind of escape that, yeah, and laugh. But even you're having like a serious like preaching moment to like a, a, a large crowd like that, yeah, like. You know, like that's that's a separate thing. That that's still cool to do, but it, you, like if people are going there to laugh and you're serious, like you're talking yeah. about serious topics. But see, that's where delivery is important because right. Dave Chappelle is not afraid of that stuff. So it's almost like people know they're going to see some of it. But that's the whole point: is if he's on his A game and not trashed, right? He can move in and out of those conversations and in a funny way, and everybody's fine with it. Right. As long as it hang around there too long, because like you said, it is we are here for an escape, yeah. and p- that's a that's a small part of it. I, I'm here for an escape, and also kind of 
if you could help me make light of some of the troubles, that's a, right. that's the other part that's of comedy. Thing too. It's escapism for sure, but every once in a while we want to inject something in there that makes you like, feel better about the way things are going. That's all right too. Like not to sound like an but asshole. But you got to be on your A game. Or not to sound insensitive, but I think comedians will start, if they haven't already, will start to joke about what's going on in Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe making fun, making jokes about Russia or whatever like that. Right, right. You know what I mean? I don't think people in the right mind would make jokes about Ukraine, but I'm saying about Russia or whatever. Yeah. Like like topics that are like the subject big. in general, the invasion, yes. the yes. war happening, yes. and and that is dangerous, especially so soon because, I mean, it just it contributes to the idea that it's a subject you don't have to pay attention to. It's bullying, if I right. may. If you're if you're the role of a bully is to you know make himself feel better by belittling another person but what contributes to that is everybody seeing it oh right. i'm gonna make this person feel really low if everyone's laughing Can I ask at you a question though yeah um do comedians get a, a hall pass with saying like dark twisted shit well ho- hold on just okay. about the specific subject of ukraine so like if you when you when you have a subject like that that's still hot and 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 deserves serious attention and it's it's not the time uh i i can that's why it's a balance you, you you would like the ability to laugh about the things that are harsh but some things you know like i think it do, depends do, on the do joke. you try to make a person laugh at a funeral for a relative because you know it'll be helpful or do you wait for the time you know what i mean like you right. don't just do it i think it, so yeah i think it depends on the joke it, it definitely I'm, depends like you can't like it has to be sensitive to i mean clearly it doesn't because some people will take it to that extreme you know what i mean but do, that's that's why i asked you that question like yeah. do comedians get like a hall pass for saying whatever on stage well it depends just with with something like ukraine if you start making jokes about it then it contributes to the idea that it doesn't have to be taken seriously right and so it doesn't mean that everyone's going to bag on it it just means that everyone feels a little more comfortable not paying attention. And sometimes these things need to be paid attention to. So you have to find that balance. America has a 10-year thing. Mm. This is not my philosophy. This has been pointed out, and I kind of agree with it. Think about something like 9-11. It, there was the jokes, but like they weren't on like Jimmy Fallon and right. like Jay Leno until about 10 years later. Right. That's the mainstream. Of course, yeah. in the clubs, there was jokes about it the next day, if not that evening. Right. 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 Um, with the sentiment happening. Uh, and so that, that gets to the answer to your question. Do they get a free pass for joking about dark, twisted stuff? If they carefully craft an image of themselves that lets people know that's their subject matter, right. that person has an easier time getting a free pass. But there are these subjects where you just you just shouldn't touch. Well, yeah, because and it's hard to know where I right. don't want to. I don't want to. As an artist, I don't want to tell a comedian. You can't touch this subject. You might know the crowd is going to every right. one of them eat it up, but I it's think, the greater good I think sort of thing. I think, I think comedians do – like they can say like whatever they'd like to if they after the fact show like they're serious about a topic or they respect a certain topic. But like these are just jokes. Don't take it seriously. Like this is still an issue or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like um, – I think, you know, I just talked mad shit about him, but I think Dave Chappelle's a master of it. He had he's this story, he's had he this long stories. time battle with 
trans people yeah. for like so yeah, long. He now. has, and uh, they have it, they have tried to have a sit down with him and come to some sort of like you know civil agreement together. Um, and he joked about it on his special. Um, and, and it's like really like damn yeah. like like even when like he he just pushes it to the max, but then like reels it in. Just at the nick of time to the point where, like, you can't cancel me, bitch. But, like, I'm right here. Yeah. You can't cancel me, bitch. Yeah. You know? Like, and the, the, you have to point to tenure, too. He He's always been crafty and clever. And his comedy has always kind of felt like, once he hit a stride, has always kind of felt like storytelling. Telling. There's, there's long stretches mm. of time in a Dave Chappelle special where no one is laughing. Because he's telling a story. But, mm. God, that punchline. Because he's end. making it all make sense. That whole buildup, yeah. That whole buildup. So that's kind of his his stilo. That's his style. But um, it's the tenure too. Even in the beginning yeah. of his career, as as clever as he was, doing some of this kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it, he he has a better chance of getting canceled. Yeah, I think now, he doesn't care too big to if fail. he does. Too yeah, big too to big fail. to fail. But I I also respect comedians that make fun of every group mm-hmm. of people it's the south park I, I i love i love that because like you can't cancel someone that hates everyone yeah you know what i'm saying it is it is sort of simple math to me i i i know i get people who are probably like you're crazy but south park let everybody know like they we all could figure this out now what you're describing because of south park they're like we are making fun of everyone and that and if they're thorough with that and boy are they it gets to a point where, like, you can't really, you know what I mean? Like, they're starting to form unions, right? Like, right. bonds. Like, yes. like, so so we don't get along, mm. but we are united in our hatred for South Park. So now here we are at a rally together. You know what I mean? Like, <sighs> cancel yeah. South So you see the power of a common enemy, right? It's right. just, and, and so the role. But that could be related to everything across yeah. the board in life. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. Everything. Common enemies are, are powerful, <laughs> potent forces because they make people forget about their differences. But it's also an enemy. And so, you know, there's that. But I, I, I really believe that. I really, really believe that. And South Park has a bit of that going where everyone, right. everyone kind of can relate to having been, you know, made fun of by <laughs> South Park. And at some point, all of those groups just kind of sit back and like, accept that they have this thing in common and now there's like a kinship like what a weird scenario yeah, yeah. we're best friends because we both hated south park like, <laughs> yeah because we're both ridiculous and south park called us on it right now we're now we're wonderful friends right. um how did how the hell did we go on like a 30 minute tangent on <laughs> well you, comedians? You, you you brought up you brought up a good point with it started with dave Chappelle, but no that's a that's a good point because you know we we wanted to talk about art, creativity today, and certainly, you know, a stand-up comedian is a creative person. It's an art form, um, but when sometimes it goes wrong, when, when that when that can go wrong, I, yeah. I I just don't spend any time thinking about that. But it's true. It's really, really true. You know, like um, a, a mural could go up and then people don't like it and they rip it down or something like that. Like it, right. a song is released and people don't like it. It's like you just don't think about those things, but. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't always work out. That's disappointing about Dave Chappelle. I have like a special place in my heart for him, but I I yeah. understand that yeah, that's unfo- possible. I mean, I'll watch his specials. At that point, he was probably jaded too. You know, like yeah. there's probably a million nah, contributing dude, he, factors. So he had a story about someone who killed themselves, um, and um, it obviously affected him. Uh, because he got like emotional on stage. Was this the trans person? Yes. The trans comedian? Yeah, so uh, that is. 
that's but, a but, that's but, a longer but story. The, yeah, but, but he he had made a connection to that person. Right, but before in in the special, it was so fine tuned. Like mm-hmm. he joked about it, and then at the end, like got like serious about it, gave a little tribute to her, yeah. but still was joking. And like it was a, it, that was a legit comedy. Yeah. Whereas what we got was just like a complete, like serious talk for you an almost hour expected and a half. Dave Chappelle to be like, I'm pretty much done. I'm just standing here. Right, <laughs> right. I'm so shocked. I was like, and people are clapping, people are cheering for him. I'm like, I'm sorry, but like you're clapping because of the eight specials you watched before coming out tonight. Yeah, you're clapping because you're a fan. Yeah. And if he says jump, you're going to say how high. Yeah. That's why you're clapping. You're clapping because he already has you. Yeah, yeah. But you're... You bought the ticket with his name on right. it. Right, but but he could go up there and just drool for an hour, mm-hmm. and you're going to clap. Read the phone book. Right, but like... Also you... phone book. Shout out to phone books. You're paying for a service. You're paying to laugh. You're paying to be entertained, yeah. you know, and, and that's the industry that he's in. That's the industry that he picked. So I don't feel bad for him if he, yeah. you know, and, and on top of it. He must have known in the moment. This is, I mean, I'm not forgiving him for doing it, but he, right. he must have known in the moment. He this isn't to. going well. He had to. I ta- dude, These I, people are upset I went full me. Karen mode. I went on Twitter <laughs> and I was like, yo, this shit was horrible. Yeah. Like I tagged Foxwoods in it. I tagged Dave Chappelle and I was like, yo, this is horrible. Like, yeah. I don't know what just happened, but yeah. I just wasted $175 yeah. for nothing. And um you know like But worst well it's debatable cuz that's that's a good amount of money. I was almost just going to say worse than that is you you said earlier excuse me. It might deter you from going to see shows like that in the future. Oh, big time so, money shows? Yes. So so here's the thing that's why I have a problem with that. Tying it right back to New London and the art scene. Ready? Mm-hmm. Because Part of the reason that we appreciate our art scene so much is because we're not a large community. Right. So virtually every time there's a show, a performance, there's a large segment of that crowd that has had personal interactions with that person. Hmm. That's New London. Right. And so we, you know, we want to get our music scene back. We have so many talented musicians in New London and from every genre, Okay. Uh, and we have local radio stations in New London, and I'm not talking about the one that I work at. I'm talking about other radio. There's non-commercial radio stations, WCNI. There's WDUP, uh, which is locally. Uh, it's it's of New London. It's right on State Street. Right. And so we have a thriving music scene, I think. Uh, the challenge is making sure everybody knows it. The scene exists, right. okay? But the audience may not be as big as we want. And that's just a matter of messaging. Well, that's about yeah. getting it, it out there. And, and so here's why it means so much to us, though. Because we do have that kinship, that relationship with the performers themselves often in New London. The crowd and the performer often have that strong tie. And so it isn't just the show. A lot of times New Londoners don't buy tickets to things just to go be entertained. They right. are supporting Oh, yeah. They are supporting the effort of somebody that they love, that they know, because they know what went into the performance, right? right? So this person is rewarded. That hard work is rewarded by a good turnout, people buying the tickets, showing up to support. Support is a lot of things. It's mm-hmm. going to be entertained, to let them do their thing, but it's also spending that money, right. giving back. And so and so with someone like Dave Chappelle, yeah. we, we actually, you had a little bit of that. 
you know what he's been through. You you bought a ticket that much to go see that person because you feel like you have a little bit of a connection to him. You like this guy. It's not just about sitting and laughing. There was some of that there. Dave Chappelle's been around your whole life. Right. You have right. a connection to him. Huge fan. This is not huge like, fan. oh, and this might bombed. be good for a few yucks. Let me he, buy a ticket he now. Bombed, he bombed the last time he was in Connecticut, which is why I thought he was going to go hard. Because, yeah. You know, okay, see? He, so well, there he didn't is a bomb, personal but he was really, connection. Like something happened with Connecticut where he didn't come back for like years. The point then, is, the point is, he yeah. didn't he didn't appreciate that in that moment. Right. There's a hundred million reasons why he should have been on his A game, but at the at the top of that list is because these people expect something of you, right? And he didn't appreciate that. He didn't appreciate that the crowd wasn't just monkeys clapping to be entertained, and he can treat them how he wants. These people love him. They right. love him, and and so that's the connection that I draw. Is that's extremely disappointing because you really wanted that show to be good right. for like for like five to ten real reasons oh for sure 100%. and he, he let you down five to ten different oh, reasons oh yeah he definitely did and it, it changes the way i see it and um it changes what i'm willing to spend on comedy now where um my buddy got me tickets for my birthday we went to go see tom segura yeah those were about like $120 each. Yeah, he's funny. That, so that was a good gift. He's funny. That was a good gift. Shout out to Matt. He he really hooked it up. And and um Tom Segura killed it that night. I never laughed so hard in my life. So that kind of helped me get over Dave Chappelle. And That's good. And, and it really uh helped me like get past that cuz that was shit. That was yeah. just dog shit. And yeah. um and so that so but the thing is though, when I went to go see Rogan, right? Mm. I got minus that guy that bombed mm -hmm. like everybody that was on stage was hilarious that's good and i paid 35 dollars you know what i mean but that's those the universe are, paying you back man. right but you know so it's like you kind of have to give and take you know a little bit you kind of have to gauge where it's at maybe next time may, who knows maybe dave Chappelle actually killed it the earlier show or the day before you know what I mean? Maybe he maybe he just had one out of the six shows that he did at Foxwoods. Maybe one of them was shitty, and it was the one that I picked. You know what I mean? Not a good excuse, though. It's definitely not. Right away, I think it's of a not. right away I think of a psychiatrist. Ooh. I have two appointments today. One's at ten thirty, and then I'm gonna have a long lunch because my other appointment isn't until three. It's an easy day for me. Right. And then a ten thirty appointment comes in, and I kill it. Mm. What am I going to slag off for the? You're like, come on! Like I did such. I did this such is a great on the job. books. Yeah. You're supposed to do this this way, right. and so he should have given you that. Well, if that, he killed it before the but performance that's everything before in you, life. okay, do it again. Yeah, that's everything. Oh, so it should be easy to do it again. You just did. It. You know <laughs> yeah. What, I mean? what do you forget? You just did this. The same thing could be in in life and at work. A lot of people ask me, "Oh, you already put your two weeks in?" You know? Oh. Uh, <laughs> breaking news i put my two weeks in at my job i'm moving back to nog it's like, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> the first podcast i ever did with you something slipped out of your mouth that you ended up having to release what's that i don't even remember what it was oh. uh but you were like oh well boom there's that and yeah. so it happened again yeah it did it did you bring it out of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's not your Chianti. It's yeah, me. Okay. yeah yeah <laughs> i gotta blame someone come on yeah, yeah, yeah uh but yeah no um you know people ask me they're like why are you still working so hard like you're leaving in a week and a half i'm like because that's gonna have my name on it yeah that's what? the person yeah. that's that that's that's who i am like just because even at my last hour at work i'm going to be working yeah. because that is who i am that is that has my name on it and the whole point in putting a two-week notice is that you are doing that to give them the courtesy to find your replacement and also to leave on good terms to come back. 
The yeah. whole point of leaving on good terms is to actually leave on good terms. What's yeah. the point in leaving on good terms if you're going to slack off for two weeks? You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That's not how you leave on good terms because now they're going to be like, oh, well, we la the, the last thing that I saw you doing here was slacking off. Yeah. So are you just going to pick up where you left off? Yeah. Like, And trust me, people that think, oh, I'll never go back to their old jobs, that's bullshit. Yeah. I've gone back to three of them and yeah, it'll humble before. you. It'll, oh. it'll humble the fuck out of you. <laughs> this is a shirt from um, a bar called High Fives in New London. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was the first bar I ever worked at, first bar I ever bartended at, and in fact was the first bar or the first place I ever had a job where I got paid to do graphic design mm. because I left college and went 10 years without working in graphic design. And believe me, I tried and I got discouraged right away. And I was like, all right, whatever retail it is. I was young and then, you know, took it off from there and, and it didn't come back to me until I started working at a bar owned by my friends. But, uh, I have gone to and from this bar when it was in existence a lot of times. Uh, I left town, moved, came back. It's right there waiting for me. Right. That's the beauty of a local business though. You know, you, you can't right. come and go at Walmart or, you know, like Pizza Hut or wherever, you know, you can't, you can't come in and out like that. There's, there's procedures. That gray area is nice. And the local business gives you that gray area. If Life I wanted to start tomorrow, at, at one of my jobs in, in Naugatuck, um, I could start tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I could yeah. start literally first thing in the morning. Yeah. Even if I tell her at, like, 7 o'clock tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Is that's that a just, small business? Or yeah, yeah, small business. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, life exists in the gray area. You can't. It's not about black and white thinking. You don't get far that way. Right. Life exists in the gray area. There are these little exceptions you have to make and sometimes like you know uh to, to get things done and it's not bad i mean sometimes you have to i'm just saying you have to readjust your thinking sometimes right. you can lay out a strategy and then you get a variable thrown your way what do you right. so you're done now right that's not how it works but see like yeah so that's so bringing it back to dave Chappelle, you know i don't feel bad for him because you signed up to go on tour yes like, i signed up to go to work you know what i mean yeah and like you know here are the things that are consistent right Monday through Friday, I have to work at 6.30 a.m. Yeah. Those are the things that are consistent. That's yeah. never going to change. That's what I signed up for. Same thing with Dave Chappelle. These days, you signed up for this, that is consistent. Like, yeah. I don't feel bad for you because all the eyes are on you. It's so exhausting to be popular and, and a celebrity. Like, okay, but you signed up to do this job. Yeah, this is the work. People already paid. You already got paid. Yeah. Now you like have to hold like up a, your like end of the bargain. Like an NBA player actually should be excited to show up to practice. Right. That shouldn't be a low point of your day. Like no. This is part of the work. You don't just get played. You, you don't just get paid to play on the court. You get paid what you get paid to be good on the court. That means all this stuff is all necessary. And if you're loving those paychecks, this is why. You know what I mean? Like I have a right. very specific task at my job. A, a very few specific tasks. And, uh, you know, you can't deviate. You, you mm. got to do them that way. Um, what you're describing about, you know, like when you, when you leave a place, even on your last day, performing the way you did on your first, you're, what you're describing is self-respect. What you're describing right. is ownership. Right. It's your shift. These are your, your duties. Right. So own them. Right. And, and so, like, you, you said it perfectly. Well, my name's on that. Yeah. I don't care if I'm on my way out, like... I'm doing stuff. I'm contributing to the machine today. Mm. And if something goes wrong, you know, it's going to have consequences. There's going to be repercussions. And if it's my fault, like, pff, 
you think I get oh oh it's fine I see what happened you know right. it, it, it was it was Paolo but it was his last day so whatever like no there's gonna be a repercussion right and so you know you're talking about ownership and that's that's important and what what I've learned in some of the stuff that I've been doing is that's that's like the most important thing right. because you know someone who volunteers in the volunteers in the community <laughs> volunteers in the community <laughs> yeah has a sense of ownership over their community mm -hmm. that's key they feel like this is my house and i live here and so i want this to happen or i think this could use this change or whatever and you need that you really right. really do and what i've been fortunate enough to be able to do and have opportunities to do is um instill some of that in students right that sense of ownership right you know the the teachers are the most important the, the a teacher is the most important job that someone can have. They're shaping minds. They're, you know, they're like, shaping. I think we talked about yeah, this before. Yeah, I always say they're that. They're shaping the there's future. There's doctors, yes, but a teacher sure. showed that person and, you know, helped them. Right. And so that's what I'm saying is they do so much, but a lot of times, you know, they're, 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 they're limited to the classroom sometimes. And with the work that I'm doing, I'm able to go into the classroom or let the kids come to some of the events or, you know, the, 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 the places that I'm working outside of their school. That's so powerful. Who, who's, Everybody's favorite part of school was field trips. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so I've gotten a chance to, you know, organize and host some field trips at, with some of the stuff that I'm doing. And the kids come. And the, the main part about it is that they are participating in a piece of public art. They're participating in something that's going to exist well beyond this day and this effort they're making. And they have a piece of it. And right. so it's it's powerful because it isn't just the wall, the murals on or something. They have a sense of ownership over this project, which is taking place in their community. And that contributes to a sense of ownership over the community. I've done something in this community that people can go see. Right. It's that simple. And a lot of kids don't have that. Right. You know, it's all about how you were raised. It's all yeah. about how the environment in which you were raised. It's all about the people that influence or impact your life, you yeah. know? And and they can they those people can be outside of the home. Oh, for sure, it's for a, sure. It's a big, it's Sometimes a big, teachers have a bigger impact impact on a kid's life than parents. Almost every time, and you know why? It's not because of the effort. No, it's it's the mentality of the child that, you know, everyone goes through this phase where you rebel from your parents, and part of that is informed by you thinking that they don't understand you. But maybe you're vibing with the teacher and they understand you. And so this becomes your hero. You look up to this person and you go your whole your whole high school career or whatever those four years yeah. thinking this person knows me better than my, well, my for parents. 12, it's for, common. For 12 to 18 years, depending on what you do, you know, you you are exposed to a teacher more than your parents. Think about it. You yes. go to school. Oh, God. Yes. For, for eight hours, seven hours. Yes like a shift mm -hmm. and then you see your family at night mm -hmm. in the afternoon, you know, say hi, you know, spend very minimal time. But then the next day you go and see them again. Yeah. You spend more time at work. You spend more time at school, yeah. at college, at whatever, um, than with your family. So of course those people that you interact with every day are going to impact your life. And so, and how, I mean, like I'm an example of where, in school, if this teacher, um, you know, if this teacher's teaching a specific subject, that may result in, you know, influencing what you do for work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've always been an artist. And so, 
I think it was always inevitable that I was going to do something involved. I've always said if I didn't go to school for art, I wasn't going. I knew right. I knew that always. If I didn't go to college for art, I wasn't going. I knew Shit, that. I wish I had that I knew mentality. That. <laughs> I mean, but I, I've never felt like I didn't want to go. Right. I'm just making it clear that it's going to be for this or like, what am I going for? I'm not going to go right. get a football scholarship. You know what I mean? I'm right. not, I'm not trying to be a doctor. There's a, I'm just, it's going to be art and that's it. Um, and I have to give a shout out to, um, you know, Miss Frazier, my, my, my art teacher, my fine arts teacher in high school, not a guidance counselor, but you know, one of my favorite teachers and worked with me to help me find, uh, two, art colleges that I could potentially go to when I leave school in my junior year. Wow. I knew what college I was going to go to in my junior year because a teacher cared that much. Oh yeah. And so I, oh, like I was, I coasted through, it was great because I, I was sort of coasting through senior year in the art realm, just having fun with it. I felt like this was all like just a formality on my way to this college. I knew I was going to, and I had that excitement all through senior year. And I owe it all to that. And teacher. a teacher did that for you. She and narrowed, a teacher did that for you. Narrowed it down to two schools uh, that I would go to: SVA, the School of Visual Arts in New York, and that's where I was going to school. So that would have been like, or, or where I was living. So that would have been like two hours away, right. and or, Phil, or Art Institute of Philadelphia, which was three and a half hours away, and that's that's where I went, and it, it was great. It was great. So you know, I, I hope that every student can have that from their teacher or their. Uh, guidance counselor. That's why, you know, I mean, now we're getting into what, what should be and what, what needs to be. Um, no, what is, no, no, no. What should be is that teachers should be paid and appreciated a lot more than what they are. Oh gosh. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, there are certain, there are certain careers, there are certain professionals that should be acknowledged. I think scientists, I think, um, people that work as a doctor or healthcare, um and then teachers yeah right yeah. so you're thinking of people who shape the future people who prepare for the future and people who make sure you get to the future yeah they all have the future in common all three of them yeah. you know what i mean so that's it's a like it's a good way to put it so so if you're thinking of the future right we think about the future every day we go to work we yep. pay we pay money into our 401ks we do all these investments and this and that we put money into our savings account it, you, we constantly think of the future. Why, as a society, why don't we all like invest in the future, huh. in 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 multiple ways? I you mean, know what I mean? That's like, all I ever wanted. Right. That's 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 <laughs> for somebody that's to think key, about tomorrow. That's low key what everybody wants. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but but even without them knowing, they want that. They yeah. want the future to be taken care of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Whether they want it whether they think they want it or not whether they know they want it or not they want that they want to wake up tomorrow and be like all right you know and it's it is inherent i think everybody does whether they realize it or not thinking thinking about the future thinking about tomorrow um but some of them can be blindsided by the the fruits of today you know like oh, of course like I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm out here trying to get over on somebody so that I can, mm. you know, get a little more coins in my pocket or something. Or even, and I'm thinking only yeah. about today. But why do you want that money? Because tomorrow you want to go spend it on something. Everybody is always thinking about the future, but sometimes they get distracted and uh, oh, for sure. focus on the moment uh, in the wrong way. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But as a society, as you know, people go into office, and people are shaping the future, teachers, everything like that. Mm. You know, we have like a, 
I feel like I, this, like every time I talk to you, it always comes back to this topic. But we have a serious obligation to like shape the future mm-hmm. and and to make sure that we're going in the right direction as far as the generations that are to come. Yeah. I plan on having kids. You know, I'm sure a lot of people also plan on having kids. That's just who we are as people. We, we can't just stay like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. we can't just set like me, for example, I don't want kids if I know that their life is going to be shit. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I don't want kids if I know that they're going to have to struggle. They're going to have to like, and I'm not talking about struggle in a point where like you have to work hard for what you get. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's good for you. Go do that. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about struggle to the point where, you know, they could barely afford to get by, yeah. you know, because of how they're set up to yeah. live, you know? So even if I do my part and I set them up, you know, I send them to college, get them a career, this and that, but like taxes, you know, everything just hits them all at once yeah. and they can't afford, like even with a degree, they can't afford to get by. They need my help. They need yeah. to move back in or whatever, this and that, you know, like, like I don't want kids if they have to struggle in that sense. Like it's yeah. good to work. It's good to struggle as far as like saving your own money working hard for what you get, you know, like buying your own house, like working hard to buy your own house, you know, like that's a different thing. And, um, we have to like, you know, change the way that people fucking raise their kids and and the mentality of it, you know, it all comes down to the influences that we have. So you have teachers, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you have police officers in the community that Mm -hmm. work in the community and help kids. You know, you have uh, guidance counselors, you have, um, therapists psychiatrists like you have all these influences that could maybe say something to someone that could completely change their life yeah you know yeah and those jobs that you could share like if if i could change someone's life those jobs should be paid like as an engineer yeah you know like it it, it boggles my mind because there are countries that pay no, the, like the that people who get paid the most are the people who put butts in seats butts in seats that's usually the case and there's a lot of different reasons why that could happen it could be you know a musician or it could be it's usually an athlete mm-hmm. uh but i mean that's just that's just the way it goes because of all the things that are attached to their work and then they lose sight of it right you know like you're here to sing uh and now you're maybe on stage underperforming because you're stressed about you know you had to go do a photo shoot for pepsi this afternoon who asked who asked for that you're right. a singer and you right. had a concert tonight right and so the, all this other stuff comes comes with it um but yeah i, I mean <laughs> thinking about how to raise the kids influences on kids are very very important obviously teachers are usually the number one influence outside the home uh you know from an adult you know their friends influence them greatly but that it's such a i like to use the word sacred it's sacred and so like do you want to know what i did this morning what did you do this morning i'd love to tell you <laughs> i ventured out to east lime mm-hmm. to the elementary school and i was with two artists samson tantan and uh, amita roller and they are the lead mural artists well amita is the lead mural artist for the east lime sister mural from part for the group that i poacher i co-chair and today, because of the type of mural that we're installing in East Lime, we're able to have people, like, it, it's transportable. So people can, like, come to a location we choose and, like, paint and help. Oh. So we set up in this elementary school, uh, art school, art room, which was huge and awesome, uh, 
and we had these panels for the mural set up uh, and all types of classes and ages of kids came in to help to help paint the mural uh, but this is a mural with a message of equality acceptance and racial justice it's about David Ruggles David Ruggles the first black man to open a bookstore in New York City cool who was that person his name's David Ruggles he also lived in East Lyme and he had some business dealings in Norwich. So he's, he's from our community too, but his biggest uh, accolade, I'd say, is, is opening, being the first black man to open a bookstore in New York City. And so in a town like East Lyme, where there's three in the, you know, locally owned bookstores, it, it's more than just a part of that little community's uh, economy. It's, it's their identity. It's a part of their identity. Reading, uh, books, that's a big part of that town's uh, identity. So... Uh, David Ruggles was a great marriage of all of that. Somebody from there, uh, but he opened a bookstore in New York City, which is a big part of their identity. So it was a perfect marriage. So he's a good subject for that mural. And the kids came uh, and they understood the assignment. And so they helped paint. Uh, but some of them took some liberties. Elementary school. Elementary school. I want to remind you of that. So a big part of the design, obviously, is books, and it's David Ruggle and some, some kids, and there's books, and there's cats, and it's fun. It's a really fun piece, but there's books on shelves all behind them. So that was a big part of the, the project is the kids could color in the books, paint in the books. And I didn't get to see what student did it, but I turned around, and the first thing I saw was a book that was painted half light blue and half yellow, which is the Ukrainian flag colors. And it was the spine of a book. And in white letters, the student had wrote peace. Wow. This is an elementary school student calling for peace in Ukraine. Yeah. So we, we went there to introduce the idea to these elementary school students that public art could help to address issues of racial injustice and, and maybe help solve some of those problems, start some of those conversations. That's what we went to impress upon the kids. And meanwhile, they're already creating, they're, they're already creating activist pieces of art. This is a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old who knows what's happening in the world, can establish what needs to happen, can establish that it is not happening, and then ask for it and had the wherewithal and the creativity to ask for it through art. I, I bet you, I bet you that some portion of this child's thinking was if I make this pretty, you know, if I make it appealing visually, maybe they'll see it then. Maybe they'll understand it then. There was a little bit of that in there. I know it. Why did the, why did they choose to put that on the side of a book that didn't require any writing. All they had to do was paint it. This kid was like, no, this is the opportunity Influence. to do that. He was influenced to do that. Yeah, or, or inspired to do that. Influence and inspired, one, for sure. One of the same. But it just, it just blew me away because, man, that student got the assignment. Oh, for sure. We're, we're, again, trying to teach them that there's a connection, you know, that you can make and like some, some change you can make using uh, in racial, when it comes to racial injustice with public art. And this kid's doing it. And he nailed it. <laughs> nailed he it. or she nailed it. Right. And that's almost yeah. fun because like I can guarantee you this was a, a, an elementary school student from East Lyme. I do not know the, the, the name. Shout out. The, the, Shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I took pictures. But it just, it was great because 
we do want the students in these communities where these murals are going to have a sense of ownership right. over them, like I said. And that that's going to be there forever in that mural. And that 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 kid will always have that. And so uh, I feel like the focus on that sort of subject matter is kind of going to be there for a while. Good. And the appreciation that your voice can be heard is not lost on that person. And my favorite part, the idea that perhaps a message could be better heard if it was made creative. Right. Is already something that kid understands. It's my favorite part. That's what I did today. Shit. Well, um, <laughs> I'm going to end it there because that's as positive <laughs> as you could get it, man. Oh, gosh. That's a great spot to that's, end it. That, I mean, that's that, what that, we're that's doing. That's as positive as you could get it. And usually we end on like a like a weird bad note because we're just talking about real shit. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But this that's, is real shit that ended on a positive. Too, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, it, blew, um, it blew me away. It was great. It yeah. was great. Well, Eddie, yo, it's it, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you've been on, what, three times now? And, um, you know this move is definitely going to make it so that you're on less unfortunately yeah. but but i'm sure you know the fans out there will will see you in the future you know <laughs> they will you know they'll, I they'll love see this. you in the future and and we have great conversations and we always circle back to yeah. uh where it started so why don't you tell everyone for the last time for the near future why don't you tell them where they could find you where they could follow you where they could um gain some inspiration from you Ooh. Um, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so I'll, I'll switch it up. I'll tell you where you can gain inspiration from the same place that I do, Okay. which is to follow along with the work that public art for racial justice education does. We call ourselves PARJE, P-A-R-J-E. Uh, and, um, we are racialjusticeart.com. I'm sorry, dot org. Uh, we are at racial justice art on Instagram. Uh, or you can look that up on Facebook as well at racial justice art. Um, Myself, I'm Eddie Long on Facebook, and I am Longshot3 on Instagram, and I have to make a clarification because there's <laughs> been an issue. Uh, no, my Instagram handle is Longshot3, and that is Longshot, one word, dot three. So that that's where you can find me. <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing is the hacker said LOL. That was I know. the funniest shit I ever. know, I know. Oh, uh, man. But to, to say one more very important thing about Parge, because we, we are in the middle of installing three sister murals at once right now, three different towns, dealing with subjects uh, that don't get a lot of daylight in their communities through murals, and we're bringing everybody, the municipality, the school board, the kids, the students, everyone's on board. Uh, and so it's a great project, and I just want to remind people that the New London Sister Mural will be unveiled in Fulton Park on Sunday, May 15th at 3 p.m. Awesome. Marvin Espy is the artist. He's going to give us something good. Uh, and in fact, a little special announcement, the scaffolding made it to the park today. Oh. So he began work today. April 14th. They will hear it on Tuesday. Boom. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Eddie. Pleasure, man. Pleasure working be, with you. I'll Pleasure talking to you. Again. Yeah, we will. Definitely. You cannot have these two people on this planet and not have a, a conversation every once in a while. Well, you're leaving the area, so I got to come catch up with you. True that. See what True you're that. I'll into. make it worth it. I'll have my mom whip you up some good-ass Portuguese food. It'll be <laughs> worth the drive. I used to do that with all my guests. Like and have it, mom, if you can't do it. Just bring another bottle of candy. Oh, yeah. It was no. very good, by oh, the way. Oh, appreciate it. Thank it you. It was very good. Thank you. And thank you again for coming uh, here. Yeah, all these 
times that you did and, uh, you know, having such great, meaningful conversations. So I know I could count on you for that in the mm. future. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. I'll see you when I see you, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you again.